Venturing Voices provides a platform for women in South Carolina who get shit done. I'm Nell Fuller, the co-founder of FemX Columbia and Fem Capital, and each week I'll dive deeper into the stories of inspirational women who make an impact in the Columbia community and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Venturing Voices. This week, I'm really excited to have Megan Pinckney Rutherford here with us today to talk a little bit about her journey um, and all of the wonderful projects and collaborations that she is doing now, and also what it looked like to get to this point, because it doesn't just happen overnight, and it's a lot of hard work. So welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so starting out, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So um, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina um, with very close-knit family and we lived on James Island on my grandfather's property and spent a lot of time outside. Um, and growing up, I was a ballerina. I'd, I was taught classical ballet from a very young age and that followed me all the way through college actually. Um, I... I incorporated other forms of dance, but my base was always classical ballet. And it's just interesting to see how something um, like that art form like really stuck with me throughout just because like it instilled so many values that I still rely on today. And though I was like never ever going to be a professional ballerina, um, it's something that I'm, I'm most thankful for in my childhood because I really don't think that I would have been the same person if it weren't for that experience. Um, but yeah, I lived in Charleston my entire life until I left to move up north to Columbia <laughs> to go to <laughs> USC. That was my big move. Um, and from middle school on, I had a plan because I'm really a planner. And my goal was to be a, um, a writer for Vogue magazine. That was my goal. I knew that that was what I wanted to be in like sixth grade. And I stuck to it literally all the way through at least the beginning of college. So I started out at USC as a print journalism major, which I laugh at now because that doesn't even exist anymore. Like that's legit not an option. Um, but I spent my freshman year doing all of those core classes and it just was not for me. It was a lot of memorization. That was never my strong point, not even in dance. Um, and I just didn't do well in it and it really was, it defeated me. It really did because like I said, I had this goal and that was the path that I was going to take. Um, and it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, but I ended up graduating with a fashion merchandising degree, which, um, it was something that I really, really enjoyed and something that I felt really connected to, but something that I was always a little afraid of because with a degree like that, especially here in South Carolina, there's very few opportunities unless you're going to manage a store or um, have your own store and neither one of those were ever my dream. So I was hoping that that would still lead me to Vogue. Um, it never did but it led me to where I am right now which in a way is kind of still checking the box and what I wanted to do before um, just in a very 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 different way. <laughs> yeah so you talked a little bit about um, classical ballet and and the values that that instilled in you that you know helped you get where you are. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah so um, first and foremost it's determination because nothing about ballet is natural <laughs> like nothing <laughs> about it is natural to the body. 
Um, so it's really like formulating yourself and your thoughts to like fit in this box. And it doesn't work for everyone, but it just really helps like fine tune. Um, I don't know. It just helps to like fine tune like your motivation. And like I said, your determination and really just like get you into like, I don't know, just like understanding like the world, um, in a really like concise way and I feel like that was so needed for me because I was always a little spastic and kind of all over the place um and not very graceful which <laughs> no one seems to believe that but I really wasn't and just being able to like have that those lessons it just really it just really like centered me um no pun intended but it centered me and it just helped me like I said just be determined, be goal oriented, um, understand like the value of time. And like, if you put in work, like what can come out of it? Because I was very much a late bloomer in ballet. A lot of people were like pushed onto point in like fifth and sixth grade. And I didn't move up until eighth grade. And again, it was because like my body was not created for that art at all. Um, but it was something that I was like, really steadfast in and I got there and it, like I said it just showed that like with a lot of work um and paying attention to detail how you really can't achieve almost anything yeah um so you wanted to write for Vogue and I can just imagine you as a little girl like <laughs> creating your own Vogue magazines and doing style shoots and writing did you did you ever submit anything to Vogue when you were growing up? No, I didn't, but I had like every issue from like 2002, 3 until like literally 2015, 2016. <laughs> that was only because I kept moving and it was just a pain and the movers always hated moving that box. So eventually I was just like forget it. We can leave it. But like whenever I'd go out of the country, like that would kind of be my souvenir. I would get whatever Vogue magazine um, was in that from that country but no like growing up um I really just I read those articles like they were bedtime stories like I knew them in and out I really got to know like the members of the fashion industry at a really young age because I was so interested and I spent my time on the weekends because I was an only child so I was in the house as the only child um really like making collages like I had like visuals everywhere like if you went into my room like on the back of my doors were completely covered with like imagery of like just anything from the magazine and it was just like something that always spoke to me what inspired you to want to write the stories what about them I felt like well first and foremost my mom is a writer okay. um so that definitely encouraged me and I would like see her on her little laptop and I just thought it was like the coolest thing um, but also like as much as I loved the visuals and I loved like all the pretty things, I also realized that like none of that stuff really mattered without the words. And I really did appreciate the substance. And I had done a lot of modeling when I was younger, um, which again is something that I attribute to like the person I am today and the career that I have today. But I always felt like I didn't want to be put into that box of like just pretty or like just superficial. And I felt like if I had that in my pocket as like a writer, then A, I'd be taken a little more seriously, mm -hmm. um, but B, that I would be able to like shine a light like more on the substance that was in the magazine. 
I love that. So you started out, um, and correct, I don't know, so maybe you tell me how you started out, but blogging, correct? So you were doing the writing. Yes, absolutely. So that's actually a funny story. Mm -hmm. Um, My senior year in college, I was crowned Miss South Carolina USA, which was an amazing experience. I went on to Miss USA that year, um, finished in the top five. It was it was fantastic. And it's so funny because that was back in 2013, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but <laughs> the calendar says different. And honestly, the world has changed drastically in the last eight years. Like it truly yes. is a completely different world because of social media, um, because of the internet really. And at that time, um, Instagram was really kind of like, just becoming a thing so I had an Instagram page and my class the class of 2013 was the first Miss USA class that kind of integrated Instagram into the title um so at that time it was just my personal account but I used the personal account as the, the unofficial Miss South Carolina account and while at Miss USA was posting stuff there and really just throughout my reign um was like shouting out my sponsors and showcasing like my volunteer work and showing my community and like just kind of like highlighting myself so that the organization would see me. And I realized now that that was kind of like the foundation of being an influencer. Mm -hmm. Um, That just wasn't really a career eight years ago. So when I went to Miss USA, um, you're on national television for a two hour period. And at that time we were still on on one of the major networks because things have changed a little bit over the years but I want to say we were on like we were on NBC I think um and so I mean like that's that's one of the major networks so at that time like there were a ton of viewers and when I was on the stage it shows your name and your title um so just out of curiosity people would would like search me on Instagram and by the end of that night I had a huge influx of followers Um, So that was kind of cool to see. And I laugh all the time because I'm like, the girls these days don't have any idea how hard it is. Because (laughs) now um, when they're on stage, it shows their Instagram handle. I'm like, that's so easy. People had to like search for me if they wanted to find me. (laughs) Um, But and and they've separated the account. So they have personal accounts and then a miss like the title holder account that like follows the each new girl it doesn't stay with that one that one person um at any rate so I left that day or excuse me that night with an influx of followers and kept trying to engage them and gave away my title um my year ended at the end of 2013 in November and I started to realize that like my audience started to like dwindle off and I was like well that's kind of sad. Like, why doesn't anybody like me anymore? And I realized it was like, I wasn't engaging them, um, in like fresh content. I wasn't showing them anything new. I wasn't keeping them interested to be honest. So literally January of the following year is when I started my blog. And that happened because, um, it was snowing here in Columbia. And if you guys know South Carolina, then you know any little bit of snow will shut the city down. And we were shut down for like four days. It was something insane. So like it was my first understanding of cabin fever. And my friends had been telling me literally at that point for like three years, like you should start a blog, you should start a blog. And I had a very like narrow idea of what I thought a blog was. To me, they were women who 
lived in LA or lived in New York and were still a part of the industry. They just weren't models or designers. So I was like, no one's going to want to see what's, you know, what I'm doing in South Carolina. Um, and lo and behold, it was something that people were very interested in. And I think because it was something that they could connect to because the average person doesn't live in New York or LA working in the fashion industry. Right. So the writing, um, the writing portion is so hard and it's funny cause I always loved writing, um, when I was growing up and when I was in college, um, everything from, you know, I, I did a lot of art history and fashion design as well. And so I loved to write. And then now I feel like, you know, I've tried to like do some blogging or like do the captions on my social media and things like that are impossible for me. Like I cannot, I just don't even have that skill set. So I have, um, how did you, I guess, did you just naturally learn how to generate that kind of engaging content? Because it's such a small little space that you have to capture people's attention. It is. And I will honestly tell you, it's been, um, it's been trial and error. Like the way that I write my blog posts now are not the same blog posts that I wrote in 2014. It's been things that I've like seen what works, seen what doesn't work. My audience has changed. My audience has grown. I've grown. I've become a, like a much... I've become older. I'm in a different place in my life. Um, so it's definitely changed. But the reason why I think I enjoy it so much and why I do feel like I'm pretty good at it is because I get to write about topics that like I care about, mm -hmm. about products that I care about, um, and about things that like really matter to me. And it's a lot easier to write about stuff like when it really resonates with you. So I think that um, as far as like being able to break it down, I think I can attribute that to like magazines because they're taking these like large thoughts and they're breaking them down into like two or three pages that are also being taken up taken up excuse me with um photography so it's like really not a lot of space so I think just all of those years of like reading reading those articles and seeing like a, a thought condensed down but still in a way like really drawn out and like thought through um has really helped me yeah. So talk a little bit about how you created this passion and this vision um, into a business. So, you know, you're not just somebody that's putting Instagram posts up. Like, this is a career. It's a business. And talk a little bit about that. It is. And, like, imagine me trying to explain to my grandparents every time I go home <laughs> what it is that I do for a living because they cannot, like, wrap their head around it. My mom just started understanding and that's because she literally got an Instagram I was like you need here just like get an Instagram account she's one of those like gray faces so like she doesn't really use it but like she can at least now like understand but like my poor grandpa is like what do you do and I'm just like just digital marketing and he's like okay that's great I guess <laughs> like he's so confused um but yeah that was something that definitely did not come overnight it was it was something that that developed is the best way for me to put it. And I will say, um, I was actually just talking to somebody about this the other day. I had been blogging for quite some time um, and modeling full time. And modeling was really where I was making my money. And blogging was really kind of like more of like an online journal mm -hmm. for people just to kind of like keep up with what I was doing and where I was going and all that fun stuff. Um, and I got to a point a few years ago where I like hit like a mid midlife crisis and I was like, 
I need to fe feel more adult. Like I don't feel like I'm doing enough. You know, like I think that we all compare ourselves to the next person. We compare ourselves to like where we're supposed to be, where society tells us where we're supposed to be. And at that moment, I did not feel like I was checking those boxes. So I kind of put all that, I stopped both of those things and began working for a marketing firm um, as a digital content producer. And there I managed um, Instagram accounts for our, our clients, excuse me, um, which were some really awesome legacy clients based in Charleston because at that time I'd moved back. Okay. And um, I was also doing like influencer relationships. And so I was like pairing influencers in the city with my clients and really enjoyed it. It was a great time um, and I learned so much, but really what I learned was like, why did I stop? You know, why, why didn't I think I was good enough? Because by putting myself on the other side of that, I realized what was expected, um, what I was capable of, what people like, I, and I also really saw the value. I think that was the biggest thing. I think beforehand, um, it was something that was fun. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people around me didn't really understand, didn't understand the industry. Um, so they minimized it. So in turn, I minimized it. So I didn't really, I couldn't grasp the value that I could have for brands, for businesses. Um, and it wasn't until I put myself on the other side of that where I really got to see the that scope and like right. what it meant for that influencer to do x y or z and then when they would submit stuff what the client would be happy with and what they wouldn't be happy with and it would remind me of like what i had been doing and i was like well i could do this i was doing this and i was doing this a little better you know what i right. mean um so it really gave me the opportunity to kind of like take a step back and take a step out of myself and really say like you are, you're not, you're minimizing yourself and you're putting yourself in this box that you don't deserve to be in because the people who were around you didn't understand it and they didn't value it. So you in turn didn't value it. And that was really important for me because I think oftentimes, you know, as, as we're like really finding ourselves right outside of college and then especially like as women, we, we get minimized and we get told that like it's not enough or like it could be more or or whatever it is and it was just such like a light bulb moment um so at that time I decided that that was not the like I didn't need to be in that position because I was I was doing it for myself um so I went back to to being an influencer to being a blogger um but I took all of those like the, the foundation that I learned from that business as to like how to really shape it as a business, how to get a media kit, how to be more professional and how to take it from like an online journal mm -hmm. to more of like an advertising platform without feeling like a commercial 24 seven. Right. Um, and from there, that's really where I saw a huge change. Wow. I, I love, um, that whole idea of, you know, taking yourself outside of the box. You know, we do put ourselves in a box and think, you know, what I'm what I'm doing isn't good enough. Like they know what they're doing. Like I couldn't possibly do that on my own. And then you realize that I'm already doing that. Absolutely. Um, I think that's so such an important um, takeaway from that. So the critics along the way, especially doing something that is new. Um, you know, 
something that nobody around you knew what you were doing. How did you get past the critics? That was tough because like I said, I was surrounded by a lot of people with traditional careers who had like followed the path that you were supposed to follow, whether it was like being a doctor, being a lawyer, being a dentist, like those like five or six careers that like you're supposed to do, you know? And even now, like this industry is still very new. It's still developing and there's no right or wrong way to do it. So it was always difficult. Um, and I'll be honest in the beginning, like I wasn't proud of it. Like it wasn't something that I like stood on and could like feel confident about. It really wasn't. Um, like I said, it wasn't until I had that experience that gave me that push, that gave me that confidence that I didn't even realize I was lacking. Because if you would have asked me beforehand, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have told you that I wasn't confident in it because I was doing it. You know what I mean? Like I was putting myself out there. So of course I was confident. At least I thought I was. Um, and again, it wasn't until I realized how much more I could be doing personally. Like I didn't even need someone else to help me do it. Like I could do it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that's my biggest advice for anybody who's looking to do anything, even if it's not in this industry, um, because you're not going to always have the opportunity to be on the other side of that dream, of that goal, of that business, but to like really believe in yourself. Like if you're doing something that you connect with, that people are connecting to you because of it there's a reason for that. Like very rarely does that happen for no reason. Right. Right. So from, um, the, so digital content creation, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I'm, I don't feel like I'm old, but I really feel like I'm old when <laughs> no. I talk about this. I'm like, I don't, I don't totally understand, um, how all of it works, but you know, do you have any funny stories that you can share along the way of a time when it just really didn't work? Oh my gosh, I'm sure. Well, just <laughs> here, let me explain to you what digital content, like what a digital content producer is. So that I think that like, it's, it really is an age old concept just in a very new way. Right. So basically what I do is I create imagery for like local and national brands to use across digital advertising platforms. So it's something that those brands have been doing for ages or that they've been hiring out for um, like creative directors or um, marketing firms or PR teams to do for them. Mm -hmm. The difference is, or like the value that I have is that I get to be the creative director, the model, the scene setter, um, and hire my own photographer all at once. Okay. So for a for a much better value than they will a makeup artist like all the things for a much better value than they would have to put out if they were creating that photo shoot for themselves gotcha. so i kind of like take their product and give them back um like i said imagery that they can use that they could easily easily create for themselves but it would just take so much more for them like i said to like book the set, um, book a photographer, find the models and the wardrobe stylist and the hairstylist and then come back and do the copy and like do the editing and just like all the things. Like I kind of come in and knock that all out at once and they, they're able to connect with me because like they already like my style and they like my portfolio and the things that I've already done. Um, but as far as like a funny story... Um, let's see. Well, I just worked with Cheerwine mm -hmm. and, um, 
they just released Cheerwine Zero. Mm -hmm. So it's like sugar-free Cheerwine, which great, everyone loves. But they wanted um, they wanted me to shoot it in a, in a Publix. Which, like, usually when I'm shooting, I'm, like, in my backyard, I'm in my house, right, in my office. Beautiful. Right, or just somewhere <laughs> private, really. Right. <laughs> and here, it's, like, my assistant and I are, like, in Publix at, like, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm in a freaking swimsuit because it's supposed to, like, I'm, like... I, like, came up with this concept of, like, why would I be, like, buying cheer wine, you know? Like, what am I doing? And that's kind of how I, like, think about, like, my products and my scenes and, like, what is, what's the story that I'm telling? Mm -hmm. Going back to the magazine. Like, what's this story that I'm giving and why am I giving it and, like, why is someone going to relate to it? Um, so, for this particular one, like, since I had to be in a Publix, I'm, like, why would I be going, like, why am I showing someone that I'm going to Publix? And in my head, the only thing I could come up with was, like, I'm like making a pit stop like on the way to the beach okay. you know like that's that's the only thing like that I could think of like I'm going to the pool I'm going to the beach and like I have to get supplies you know because you always do a beach run um and we want apparently a <laughs> a buggy full of cheer wine so um that was a little embarrassing because like I said I'm like in it well I like walk in probably they probably thought that I was like ready to like shoplift because I like walk in with like a box of sheer wine and I'm in like a full like sweatsuit and then like on the dairy aisle because the soda and the dairy aisle are the same I'm like stripping off my sweatsuit to like reveal my like swimsuit and denim shorts and I'm like Having a good time in Publix. Nice. On your way to the beach <laughs> on with the all the, the chair wine. And, but at that time, it was like <laughs> March, and it was kind of chilly outside, so like no one was on their way to the beach. But when you'll see it, that'll be like the time period that it yeah, is. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. So that's the most recent, but I'm sure I could think of some others. <laughs> I like that one. I like the idea of a grocery cart yeah. full of cheer wine. Uh -huh. <laughs> and you in a sweatsuit in public. <laughs> no, at that point I was full on swimsuit. Full on. I would have rather have been in a swim in a, in a um in a sweatsuit. But like imagine the guy's stalking the aisle right next to us. He's right. just like, what is going on? And you know that Instagram account, Influencers in the Wild? Yes. I'm just like, please, please, <laughs> no one, please, don't put me on here. <laughs> did you tell them in advance you were coming to do it? Or no, did you just, you just kind of don't want to be told no. It's always, especially in those situations to me, it's always like ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Because then if they say no, then I can't do it. Right. But at least right. like by the time they're kicking me out, hopefully I have everything I need. <laughs> That's great. Um, so venturing voices, um, we like to hear from everybody why they venture. Why do you put yourself out there at the risk of being told no or told I don't understand what you're doing or you don't have enough experience for that? Why do you continue to venture? Well, I keep going back to the magazine because like I said, that was like really my goal. And for a while I was kind of a little upset that that wasn't something I had accomplished. Like I said, I'm very much a planner. Um, but that to me is why I've continued to venture on this path that I'm on because it really is something that I'm passionate about. It was something that I always connected to and it was something that like always spoke to my soul. So in a way I feel like I do get to do that. I feel like shadesofpink.com is like a digital magazine and I'm the Anna Wintour of that magazine. Um, and I get to, but I also get to be the writer and the runner and the makeup artist and the costume director and all of those things. 
Um, so I venture because of like, it's my passion. Like it's something that like speaks to me and I don't think that I would feel whole if I wasn't doing something like that. Wow. <laughs> so what's next? What's next? Um, oh goodness. Still working on collaborations. Um, but I recently launched a collab with Show Me Your Mew Mew, where I designed um, a line of clothes for like a capsule collection, and it did really, really well. I'm still so humbled by like how many people supported that, um, because that process was so fun. And I think that like every little girl at one point in time wants to be a fashion designer. Right. Um, that was never like a part of my like real goals because like I can't draw. I, I, <laughs> I started learning how to sew last year right before COVID, um, but like no real talent in that. And like I also think like a designer has to be innovative and I don't think I am in that way. Um, but being able to partner with someone who was able to like guide me through that was like such an amazing experience and such like a bucket list experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I would love to continue to do things like that because I realized that my style does speak to um, a certain group of people and actually a much wider group than I thought it did. Um, so it, I think that that's something that could be successful and that I could do over and over again um, with other brands, but also in other um, like categories, like not just yeah. necessarily clothing. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Where can you get it? Online. Online. Showmeyourmewmew.com. Okay. Um, but it is selling out quickly. There's not much left. Well, you're going to have to do another one <laughs> yes. then. All right. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Um, just follow me on IG at Shades of Pink, P-I-N-C-K, or um, follow along on my blog at shadesofpink.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here, and we will see you all next Friday. tuning in to Venturing Voices. We're excited to release a new podcast every Friday, which can be found on our website at femxcolumbia.com forward slash Venturing Voices. We look forward to you tuning in next week and introducing you to another badass woman. Thanks so much.